You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome to Sports Day. It's AFL Draft Monday and it's great to be with you. You can be part of the show. You can text in on 0427154166 or you can phone in on the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes. Discover different. one 736 736 now, uh, my name's Paul Bonser. Alongside me today, well, not necessarily alongside me, but with me today is the number one draft pick from 2003, 2003, it's Adam Cooney. Coons, welcome to Sports Day SA. Hey, Bonds, great to be back with you. How dare you interrupt my holidays? <laughs> I've just finished up with doing, doing the breakfast shift with Hazy, and I thought I was home free till Christmas, and then the revolving door of co-hosts on Sports Day SA continues. But uh, great to be with you on a very exciting night for 40 to 50 young kids across yes, the country. very exciting time, and we've... You just mentioned the roller door with the uh, revolving door with the host. I think we have might have stumbled across the best one, apparently, in your mind. <laughs> oh, in my mind, yeah, no doubt. No doubt I've got some of those other hacks covered. Jade Rawlings and Chatty Sayers and Gibbsy. No, they're, uh, they're nothing compared uh, to the likes of myself. No, Jade was actually uh, one, my teammate at the Western Bulldogs yes. many years ago. Yes. The big fella. Kicked seven on debut and we thought, geez, we've got ourselves a recruit here and that was it. Just fired the one bullet. <laughs> He's going along all right, Jade. He's a premiership coach, coach now and, yep. and having a wonderful time here in Adelaide. His family's moving over very soon. But let's get on to the hot topic. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Firstly, because this is Sports Day SA, the Adelaide Strikers... Women's team, they won the WBBL on the weekend, winning by 10 runs. And uh, let's have a listen to that. Great it's win. It's a clean strike again. It'll fall in the hands. Juggle, juggle, juggle. It doesn't matter because the strikers have won their very first title in the WBBL. It was nerve-wracking all the way through. They've been knocking on the door for so many years. They beat the Brisbane Heat in the Challenger. And now they've beaten the Sixers in the final. Uh, the dulcet tones of Mel Jones uh, there. And the strikers get across the line. Fantastic effort. And um, we'll have their coach, Luke Williams, on the show, Keynes. Looking forward to speaking to Luke. Yeah, well, they were the best team in it all year, weren't they? The strikers. We did a few uh, interviews with the with the women along the season, and yeah, clearly the best team. They got some great individual players. Fair year for Talia McGrath. Fair to say, um, she's knocked over a few on her way to a few victories. So it's been a good year for her and Luke Williams, uh, the coach extraordinaire. So yeah, got a bit emotional. They're still partying hard. Yeah, got a bit of emotional after the game too. Luke might ask him about that. Played a bit of cricket against Luke back in the uh, dark ages too. So oh, hello, whereabouts? Um, uh, I played for Woodville. He was a, an Adelaide boy. What sort of cricketer okay. were you, Bonds? Uh, you I, I, just I, was, a, an uh, I was a very averaged uh, lower grade cricketer. So there you go. 
Did you? What, what, what was your specialty? I was, a, I, I was a bowler that slogged. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the old cow, cow corner. Moving both ways. Had a nice oh, little, off the seam. Had, had a nice little inning. <laughs> Did a movement off the seam as well in the afternoon? Or? Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. But uh, oh, no, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, but uh, had, had good fun down there at Woodville, the mighty Peckers, home of Chad Sayers. Where else? A good um, man, Chatty. He is a good man. Now, so the strikers batted first, which they a bit unusual. They've been throwing teams in all year. They won the toss, batted first. Five for 147, which is a little bit under par for North Sydney. The average score there is 167. So ask Luke about that as well and whether he thought they had enough runs. And then they bowled the sixes out for 137. Darcy Brown, the young superstar from Kapunda, two for 15. Deandra Dotton, two for 30. And Dotton also made 52 not out. Um, not and, a bad day. Uh, yeah. So she won the player of the game. Surprise, surprise. Fair enough, too. <laughs> 50 with a bat and take a couple of poles. It's a, it's a pretty handy, handy uh, day for Deandra. Now, we don't want to talk too much about that because, we're going, as I said, we're going to have uh, Luke Williams, their coach, on the show. So we'll save a bit about that. But let's have a listen to what everyone was watching on Saturday night. It was the FIFA World Cup in Australia playing Tunisia. Goodwin gets a crossing, takes a deflection, and Scored! it's on targets! Get out. Mitch Duke gets his head onto it for Australia. Craig Goodwin had a look up. He saw the cross, took a touch, played it in, had a slight deflection, and Mitch Duke, Australia's Duke, nods it home. Australia's Duke. Nods at home. Keynes, your thoughts on a great win by Australia over Tunisia? Oh, it was huge. I mean, we haven't had too many World Cup victories over the years. So now, I mean, coming up against Denmark, there's a real chance that we can progress through to the knockout stages. So it would be an unbelievable effort. I mean, got off to the perfect start. Um, but unfortunately, we're beaten by one of the best teams in the world, obviously, in France. So it looked good. Uh, we've had our issues in the lead-up scoring goals. So it's been a, um, well, I won't say prolific start to the, the scoring campaign, but good to get a win over Tunisia in what would what is one of the great moments in Australian football, we'll call it, just for the World Cup. We'll go back to soccer after that. But a <laughs> yeah, huge moment. And Craig Goodwin, uh, he has starred at, this, at the start of this A-League season. His left foot has been lethal. And there's an argument to say that he's been one of the most consistent Socceroos players over the first couple of games as well. So yeah, he was uh, it's been a huge a huge year for him so far. And, and, and this World Cup, um, I suppose, has put the exclamation point on that. He has been unbelievable. Took a deflection, we understand that. But yeah, his left boot has been awesome so far to watch. Well, in the lead up to the World Cup, I was sceptical about Australia even scoring a goal. And so I've got to eat my words here and just say that they've been unbelievably good. <laughs> And I thought, uh, I also thought that Duke Leckie and Goodwin up front, that they probably played, I think Matthew Leckie played one of the best games he's ever played for the country as well. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And the, the question marks were how were they going to score in that front third? But um, the confidence is up now and we dare to dream. And I think it's uh, – is the next game at Denmark it might be 2 a.m., yeah, which it's, is yeah, – it's, <laughs> it's one for it's, the, the diehards, isn't it? It is. It's 2 a.m., uh, 1.30 <laughs> in Adelaide. So come over to Adelaide. You can be half hour earlier. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm staying up to watch it. I want to, but I just, I'm not sure I have the passion for the round ball like I yeah. do the oval You'd, shape or the cricket ball. 
You'd rather it be at midnight, so at least you can get a little sleep in before you start work the next day, or a six o'clock or five thirty a.m. over in Adelaide, because yeah. then you can just get up a little bit earlier, put That's the kettle right. on, have a coffee, watch it, and then go to work. But the two a.m. it really hurts. You've almost got to get a a little kip in before and then try and go back to sleep after and it's going to be a horrible day at work if they get done 4-0 by Denmark and you've got up for absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, you don't want that. I might have the SEN app just next to the bed just going in the background so if I happen <laughs> to wake up and hear the score uh, or, you know, oh no, I might stay awake, who knows. Um, but they get, they play on Thursday morning, as I said, 1.30am SA time. Um, Only a draw needed. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Do you go it's, – it's not wise to go in with that mindset, is it, that we only need a draw? No. You want to go in with a positive mindset, although we went in with a positive mindset against France, scored early and then got belted in the end. But as I said, there's a different standard between Denmark and, and France. So you go in positive, I think. Try and score one and then you can seriously, as they call it, park the bus. You don't use that expression anywhere unless you're watching a game of soccer. Park the bus, it's the, it's the most used expression ever. So hopefully they do get one in, um, on the board early and then wouldn't it be unbelievable to see us progress through the it stages and then we'll have to stay up and watch the knockouts for sure. It'll be interesting to see what Graham Arnold does, if, especially if Australia score early whether he goes defensive immediately. Like, if, if they score in the first 20 minutes of the game, whether they <laughs> keep attacking or whether automatically that switch is flicked and they go defensive. Well, 70 minutes is a long time to try and defend your goal. But, yeah, I think you would have to go into that mode. I mean, you're going to have to give two away um, to not mm. progress. So, gee, I, I would say, look, first half an hour, let's go as hard as we can. If we get one on the board, great. And then we go into full defensive mode, lockdown mode, bus parked as far back <laughs> as possible and do not let anything through the back of the net, Matty Ryan. All right, a couple of things before we go to the break. Uh, Cam Smith won his third Australian PGA. Survived, uh, I guess, a couple of Bolts of lightning across Queensland. <laughs> There's a, a couple, couple of breaks, shutdowns, and um, Mott's got some audio from that too. He's a headline act in every way. For the third time, Cameron Smith is the 40 net Australian PGA champion. Yes, he is the next PGA, well, the third time PGA champion and number three in the world, and just keeps getting better. Yeah, it's great to see that some of the best golfers in the world coming home and playing in some of these tournaments. Cam Smith is the everyday Aussie. He's such a likeable character, isn't he? He's just everything that epitomises epitomises the Australian sportsman. Nice mullet. I think he enjoys a beer. He's pretty laid back. He, it's a bit of it's so, a bit of an old school Cooney mullet. If I might compare <laughs> the two, it's very yeah. similar. Mine was just a filthy sort of uh, strawberry blonde afro, which uh, and, and nights like tonight when it's the draft night, and they every now and then they show some vision of myself walking up uh, as the number one draft pick with that horrible hair, and I had the shark tooth necklace on and just horrible kit, and I was a bit fat too. I was a bit then. pudgy as well. I had horrible jeans. Oh, it was just a just a shocking setup for me, a horrible ensemble. And not a bad night for you though. No, hey, did you get okay. anything? I'm interested. In 2003, was there a bonus for being number one pick? Not that I can recall. Because uh, it's, it's 10K now, isn't it? Well, I think you get the 20. I think it might be 20K okay. share um, package from NAB. 
Right. Which is ve- which is very nice. You take yeah. that poor fo- portfolio. I might have got a 40-inch Magnavox TV or something like that to go with it, but there wasn't a big bonus. And my first contract was only, I think it was just a standard as a first-round pick, about forty-three or $44,000, which now the rookies get about seventy or eighty. So times have changed. I played in the wrong era, that's for sure. Even the average players now are getting four or 500 grand a year. Yeah, I should uh... go back in the draft and I should have put my name up. <laughs> late, late, uh, late round pick, you reckon? Just get back on the, get back on the track. I reckon if and... they had 427,000 picks, I still wouldn't get uh, might, a nod at the moment. I can't need, even might run. Might need a couple of knees. Yeah, I might need a couple of big pre-seasons, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break and uh, come back. We've got our top five and later in the show, Luke Williams, coach of the WBBL Strikers. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day. SA Paul Bonzer, Adam Cooney with us tonight. And, and don't forget, you can stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. And Coons, uh, just before we go to the top five... Uh, we should probably mention the AFLW Grand Final. And the Ds. The Ds, too strong for Brisbane. Brisbane kicked two goals in the first quarter, then couldn't register another goal. And they went down by four points in front of 7,412 people at Brighton Homes Arena in Springfield. You haven't played in Springfield, have you? <laughs> no, I've watched a few uh, episodes of The Simpsons from <laughs> Springfield. But no, I haven't played out there. Deck looked nice, though, and very un-Brisbane-like performance, wasn't it? Generally it was, a, a yes. scoring juggernaut that held goalless for three quarters in the grand final is obviously the stuff of nightmares and uh, will keep the girls up. Uh, at night, thinking about what if and, and all that sort of stuff. But the D's too strong. It was all about Daisy Pierce, wasn't it? So, well, the highest profile AFLW player our, finally our gets a flag. Own, our very own Daisy Pierce. Yes, yes, our Daisy. We, we, we claim any on here, but no, she does some great work in the mornings with Jared and um, does some good commentary too on AFL Nation. Well, so let's hear uh, her commentary. Let's hear her commentary after the game. I'm not thinking any further ahead than right now. Like, don't make me even think about it and rob me of these moments. I'm just um, so, so proud of this team. You know, like, I felt uncomfortable the whole time, the narrative about about being about me. Like, I feel like that's a glorified thing that happens outside of these four walls. We don't have the best facility in the comp. We're a bit off-Broadway. Like, we're we're not the most out-there popular team and we don't have all the bells and whistles. We don't give away cars to players that come to us. But we've got the best coach in the competition who will make you a good footballer. Is that a bit of a drive-by? Don't give away cars like other clubs? Well, who's giving away cars? Are they, are they There's giving, obviously it, a few of them. Is that Adelaide Crows? Uh, well, sponsored, um, sponsored by crack, Toyota. I don't know. I'm not sure. Is it a Brisbane yeah. thing, maybe? Feel I don't like, know. Oh, maybe. It's a few too many of uh, the AFLW women rolling around in the hot new Hilux for Daisy Pierce's uh, <laughs> mind. So, well, there you go. Well, she gets the or chocolates in brand the end. New, brand and, new and Kia, well maybe. Brand new Kia. And speaking yeah, of Kia, right. <laughs> let's, go to the, segue, let's go to the Kia Top 5 thanks to the eight-seat Kia Carnival. It's a grand utility vehicle. All right, Coons, you can go first. What do you got for us, Top 5? Well, draft night. This is an easy one. Half volley outside off stump for me. Top five number one draft picks. We'll have, well, we might have Will Afk. 
Ashcroft as the number one pick. It uh, remains to be seen yet. Yes. He has been bid by North Melbourne. So will the GWS Giants have a go at number one or will they go with Aaron Cadman? But I'm going to go with number one draft picks. I have my, left myself out of this one. I didn't want to. I can't believe uh, I f- that. I felt like I should have been in the top five, but <laughs> I'll put Jacob <laughs> Wiedering that comes in at number five. He's a superstar, all-Australian defender, plays a, one of the toughest um, positions on the field. Uh, he got plenty of footy left, and he's become a star at fullback. So Jacob Wiedering isn't number five. Number four, another Carlton player, Sam Walsh. He could be the second best number one draft pick of all time by the end of his career. Could be. He's a young leader, works super hard, um, great skills. As a finisher as well, midfielder that works forward and kicks goals and works back equally as hard. So unbelievable player is Sam Walsh. Number three, Brendan Goddard. 334 games, pretty versatile, ruthless competitor. Was huge uh, in the grand finals. Could have won a Norm Smith. Who can forget that mark? Against, uh, who is now Haritia Lumumba um, to put the Saints in front in that grand final. Well he is huge. Nick Revolt comes in at number two. 336 games, just eclipses Goddard, 718 goals, um, super courageous player um, and one of the best to ever do it at centre-half forward and it's pretty pretty hard to go past this man, Luke Hodge, number one. Two Norm Smiths, five grand final appearances, 305 games for the Hawks before moving up to the Lions and shifting their culture um, in the couple of years that he was there. So he is the best number one draft pick of all time, Luke Hodge, but... I will finish with this one, Bonds. Not many of them have won a Brownlow. <laughs> Correct. Correct. In fact, none of them. In fact, none of them. Yet. None of them have won a Brownlow. Yet. No, yet, yeah. What, what, I think, well, I think... It, was look, it was looking likely that Matt Rao might get there in his first three games of AFL yes. footy. Nine votes after three games, but unfortunately injury curtailed uh, that season. But he's looking the goods as well. He might be the next one to do it. The Redheads get the votes. Sam Walsh, maybe? Anyway, I've got the I've got the uh, top five oh busts oh, of the boy. AFL draft, so I thought I'd go negative, the other way. Um, negative vibe from a, you, a Bob, little bit, oh. a little bit negative, which is not like me at all. But uh, here we go, a bit of fun. Let's um, go. At number five, Lawrence Sanguin uh, was drafted by the Crows in two thousand. At number seven, he played zero games. Yes, uh, people said that he was a steal, but he was actually stealing out of people's lockets. Correct. Uh, at number four, Glenn Gorman, who I couldn't, didn't even remember Glenn this name. Gorman. Glenn Gorman, pick number four by the Swans in '93. He played no games for Sydney, then was traded to North, played two games there, then written, uh, that was it for him. Gee, never heard of him. Mark Kinnear. You heard of Mark Kinnear? Uh, no, me no. neither. Number four in 96 for the Swans. So the Swans had two, <laughs> a couple of close ones. Uh, he was played, a recruiting bloke then. Yeah, he only not – I don't think he's still there. He played two games and that was it. Uh, number two, Tim Walsh. Number four um, yep, in it, 2002 with the Western Bulldogs. Yes, I remember Tim and he was a high-priced sort of key forward recruit at pick four and unfortunately played – One game. One game. <laughs> yeah, I remember he was an old teammate of mine, but that's, uh, that's what they call a bust. Now, the guy number one I've got is Lucas Cook. He was picked number 12 in the 2010 draft with Melbourne. He played zero games, but he was top 10 in the 3K time trial and top 10 in accuracy for kicking oh, for disposals. Really? And he didn't play a game. 
Well, he could run around and he could hit a target when he, he could got it. Right. But I'm guessing he just didn't get it. Just didn't get enough. <laughs> Too busy running laps of the oval. So, yeah, it's unfortunately there's been a few of those picks over the years who have been high prized and in the top 10 that unfortunately haven't got there. David Trotter was one in, in my year back yep. in 2003 who was a top 10 pick and he's a successful player manager now. Um, but didn't have a very good AFL career, unfortunately. Harley Bennell's one who could have been a superstar, but yeah. you could probably put him it's in the bus so, category because so of the many. talent it's, that he had. There's so many. It's just a very hard thing to do, and you're going to get you're going to miss every now and again, and, and the clubs do. That was our top five. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Nail your Christmas shopping list at Toolkit Depot with a huge range of tools and top brands. Um, now, Top ten tonight it was. Got a little bit extra. Well, five each. That's fair, isn't it? I think that's fair, yeah. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to speak to the Strikers coach, Luke Williams, and we'll have a bit more of a chat about the AFL draft, which uh, starts in about 30 minutes' time. So there's some young kids around the country getting a little bit nervous if they weren't already, and uh, we'll see who is going to go number one after the break. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonds Adam Cooney with you and you can discover exceptional customer home, customer service with Weeks Homes. Discover different. You can text in 0427 154 and joining us now, a man who will be very, very happy, the coach of the Strikers, Luke Williams, brought to us by Tire Power. Brands you can trust like Maxxis Tires, big holiday sale on now. Luke Williams, how does the tag of a WBBL Championship coach fit you? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone's absolutely delighted. So it's been a, it's been a long time coming and um, it's been a couple of good days of celebrations, to be fair. Yeah, congratulations, mate. It's a fantastic effort. I know how hard you work with the girls and it's uh, great to get the reward. Just um, thoughts initially on the game. Now, normally you've been throwing teams in all year. What was the thoughts behind winning the toss and batting first? Yeah, we just thought in a, in a grand final that there might be a little bit of pressure for the chasing team. We've, we've chased at different times and um, had some success doing it. We really back our, our bowling and... and um, our bowling lineup is probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest, in the competition. So we thought some runs on the board early and and see if we could put some pressure on them um, in the run chase. Tell us about the the opening partnership. It's been rock solid. I mean, you're the best team in the competition all year. But just to to know that you've got Katie Mack leading the way to get off to a solid start as she generally does and did for most of the season. Yeah, when when you sort of win the toss and bat in the grand final, I think I think um, Laura and Katie put on fifty in the, in the first six overs, so that certainly calmed a, a few nerves and um, got us going um, early on. So that was a great start and, and sort of set us up um, really well for the for the day ahead. Natalia McGrath, it's been a, a pretty handy sort of nine to twelve months for her. She's an absolute superstar. Comes in at, at three twenty four and and very handy. Um, Leader as well. Just tell us how special she is as a player. Yeah, it's been building for a little while now for, for Talia. And um, as you said, the last sort of yeah, 12, 18 months, I, I guess, just her, her contributions um, for Australia on the international stage have been unbelievable. And um, combined with um, her leadership quality, so 
yeah, we're so delighted for, for Talia's success at, at all levels of, of the game and, and just recently been named as, as vice-captain for the Australian Tour of, of India coming, they leave this weekend. So, again, that's a real feather in a, a cap and I'm sure she'll um, do a great job, not only as a player, but as a, a leader in Australian colours in the future. And Luke, 147 on the board. Uh, that's under par for North Sydney Oval, but were you fairly comfortable or, or just wanted another 10 or 20 runs? Yeah, definitely wanted a few more. We we sort of thought around the 160 was going to be going to be par, but having said that, um, we do back our our bowling in um, enormously, and we've been able to defend um, those sort of scores throughout the throughout the tournament. But um, Sydney Sixers are a pretty star-studded um, batting lineup, so we knew we had to be at the top of our game, and um, fortunately, it was was enough runs in the end to defend. And a couple of dropped catches early. Uh, tell us uh, what the thoughts were. Uh, was it just, uh, do you think that well, the girls just need a little bit of time to settle here? Or how angry were you? <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit disappointed at different times. It was actually, it's, it's ironic. We, uh, we sort of pride ourselves on our, on our fielding. And um, it's probably our worst catching display in, in the last three or four seasons. So um, if, if someone said that we'd, we'd put down sort of five or six catches against that opposition in a, in a final, you'd, you'd think you'd drop the game uh, most times, but it, it um, was meant to be this year and um, managed to create enough chances to, to still get over the line. Now, on TV, they kept showing your face in the uh, final couple of overs. How were your nerves? Yeah, pretty nervous. Just, um, I guess, just knew how much work um, the playing group and, and support staff had put in, and, and we got close. We've played in a couple of finals in the last three years, and and missed out. So um, as the sort of second innings progressed and we started to get in a position where um, it was starting to, to go our way, um, I think that's when I started to become even more nervous, I guess, just to um, finally get across the line. So, um, yeah, once once that happened, it was a fair bit of relief, I think, for everybody. Well, I think, uh, I think four for 16 is when you start to take a, a, a big sigh of relief and think, well, hang on, this this could be it. Yeah, for sure. It was an unbelievable start. Um, so, yeah, definitely those those four wickets were, were massive. But with the Sixers, they've still got sort of Elise Perry and, and Nicole Bolton, who's played a lot of international cricket um, in at that stage. So probably on reflection, we're in a in a really good position. But at the time, when, you, when you're sitting there, you're, um, you might be half-glass empty and uh, still think that what could happen from here. But, um, no, the, the girls were awesome early on and, and put them on the back foot. And, and from there, we were um, in a really good position. What about the uh, young girl from Kapunda, Darcy Brown? She's come on leaps and bounds this year as well. Got the prize wickets of Elisa Healy and Elise Perry. What about her development? How have you seen that over the season? Yeah, Darcy is a, is a star. Um, yeah, just bowls quick and, and attacks the stumps. Um, and as you said, just takes key wickets across the, across the tournament. Uh, three seasons in the WBBL, she's been unbelievable and, and keeps going from strength to strength and just a, a breath of fresh air. She, um, with the way she approaches the game, and um, yeah, and uh, probably been best on ground. I reckon in the in the celebrations the last couple of days as as well. So, yeah, wrapped wrapped with Darcy, and um, she'll again be be off to India with the Australian team on on Saturday, and has got such a bright future ahead of her, ahead of her as well. How did you approach the the lead in to the game? I, I believe it was a bit of a hectic turnaround from Brisbane, uh, early flight to try and get to to North Sydney. How did you settle the girls, and what was the the plan, and how did it all play out in the lead in? Yeah, so the the um, the challenger 
game was, was Thursday night, um, defeating Brisbane, and um, the only flight available actually into into Sydney was a, a 6 a.m. leave. So I think um, probably only two or three hours sleep for for most people. Um, Friday night, or sorry, Thursday night, Friday morning, um, getting getting organised and, and ready to go. So um, fortunate we had an early check-in at the hotel, so I think everyone had a, a good snooze Friday afternoon. Um, had a light run around Friday night and a um, team meeting, and, and then we had most Saturday to, to rest as well, given it was a, a twilight game. So, yeah, we've been there a couple of times before, and, and a lot of the, the players have, have played in either WBBL finals or, or international cricket. So it was, it was pretty calm, um, to be honest, and just wanted to, to get out there and, and play. And, um, yeah, it's probably a good thing that it was a, quite a quick turnaround in the end and not too much time to think about it, really. Now uh, there was a, a few tears in the eyes, mate, as you as you were on uh, after the game and let the emotion just flood out, which is great to see. Uh, I would have been doing exactly the same thing. Uh, you're obviously very close with this group of girls. Yeah, definitely. It's um, we've been quite a stable um, group in the, in the strikers, um, which is a little bit unusual with with in sort of franchise cricket. Um, certainly, we've had some some change, but I think there's nine out of the eleven that, that played in last year's. Final that we dropped by by 12 runs and a number of um, number of players that worked sort of a long time with both the strikers or with the South Australian domestic with the Scorpions. So um, just to see the joy on on their faces and, and the reward that they've got, um, yeah, certainly was was um, so good to see. So yeah, pretty emotional as, as well. You mentioned Das probably took the vote best off ground in the celebrations. Mm. Talk us through the last few days. What have you been up to and who else has been performing well? <laughs> yeah, it's been a solid group, actually, just behind Das as, <laughs> as well, to be fair. So, um, no, we stayed at the uh, North Sydney Oval in the in the change rooms and, and out in the middle to, to the early hours of, of Sunday morning and, and um, carried on at a local establishment there and then uh, managed to get flights back to, to Adelaide and, and carry on at Glenelg um, yesterday and then back into the city today. So, um, yeah, we're certainly enjoying ourselves and, um, yeah, making the most of, of our first title. And how do you go backing it up day after day? Are you a seasoned campaigner in that department or have you struggled a bit yourself? No, I've struggled. I'm, I'm feeling my age <laughs> at the moment. Um, so, the, the um, yeah, the girls have been inspirational in, in that effort. But, uh, no, <laughs> certainly feeling my age. And um, But, yeah, it's been great fun. Part of the celebrations, I want to talk to you about the Katie Mac slide into the photo. Was this pre-planned or was it spare of the moment? I think it was spare of the moment. I think um, Katie was just running late and had, maybe she was doing an interview off to the side or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I've seen it on the, the replay and... Nearly faultless, so, um, yeah, no, that, was, that was good fun. Fantastic, mate. Congratulations. Um, Keen, you got one more for him before we go? Well, I was just going to say that now that um, season's over, do you go into planning for the next WBBL season? What are your movements um, over this next upcoming period? Yeah, so um, once the celebrations finish, which might take a little while, but um, certainly... <laughs> Another couple of weeks yeah. by the sounds of it. <laughs> I would have, yeah, I think we'll, we'll keep going for a little while, but uh, certainly review the, the season and, and things that obviously that have, have gone to plan and, and still some things that I think we can keep improving on and, and those sort of things. So do that while it's still um, fresh. And um, in my role, I'm also head coach of the, the Scorpions in the the domestic competition. So we're back to training next Monday and um, we have some games in Canberra just before Christmas. So um, we'll start preparing for those from, from next week.
Um, so enjoy it this week and then sort of back to work next week a little bit. Luke, congratulations, mate. I know how you've uh, how hard you've worked and how hard the girls have worked. It's a great reward for a, a lot of successful seasons and uh, celebrate hard, my friend, and uh, good luck with the Scorpions for the rest of the year as well. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Luke Williams, the successful coach, the championship coach of the Adelaide Strikers taking out the WBBL 08 title. Um, he's a good man, Luke. He's... Uh, I, I'm great. I'm glad he showed his emotions there at the end, where he was, you know, tears in the eyes and hugging the girls and just letting all that raw emotion out. I think it's uh, coaches can often just be caught, just keeping it reserved. But uh, it was great yeah. to see. Well, I think that's the perfect time to let your emotions show, and they've been so close, out of um, sort of twice out of the last three years to winning a championship. So probably relief more than anything for the girls and also for him that they got over the line and now um, they could let the emotions flow and it sounds like let the drinks flow over <laughs> the last few days. But he sounded reasonably fresh. He, he did sound, sound too fresh. Dusty. He was, I think he yeah. was ready to go again. Mad Monday. <laughs> Might have got his second or third or fourth win. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the AFL draft. It's a big night, obviously, for a lot of a lot of kids around the country want to ask you about the number one pick. Do you think that it will be Will Ashcroft, that GWS have the first pick? Will they bid on Will Ashcroft or will they just go straight for Aaron Cadman? Well, I think they'll just go straight for Aaron Cadman, knowing that they're no chance of securing Will Ashcroft. He'll be heading up to Brisbane as a father-son. Everyone in the land understands that. So I think that, that it puts the confidence into the young fella, Aaron Cadman, that the GWS Giants wanted him to be their number one man and they worked hard to get the number one pick GWS uh, off North Melbourne in that monster deal that happened during the trade period so and I think it'll give him the world of confidence to know that he's um, the number one guy in the country and hopefully has a, a really successful career at the Giants now given what's happened over the last couple of years there at GWS with some of their younger recruits putting their hand up and heading home after only two seasons, the latest being Tanner Bruin. It's um, uh, it's a bit of caution, I suppose, at the GWS Giants, but they have to pick the best kid in the country and just try and back the system and their culture in with a new coach, Adam Kingsley, coming in. Um, hopefully he can turn that around now and have some success with the Giants and keep this group together because they've lost some serious talent over it's the amazing last really isn't it when you look decade. back at all the players they've lost in the last yeah or even five years it's incredible yeah. the amount of players they've lost from that club yeah uh, it's hard if, to, you, if it's it's hard. every player that left if you if you put a starting 22 they'd probably win a grand final really the, yes. the amount of um, a-grade talent that's left but they still you know they told away they made a grand final we understand it was a horrible day for them there but Leon Cameron did a great job keeping that group together while they were at their peak in making a grand final so I suppose in the, in the first 10 years of uh, a club coming into the competition if you can get to a grand final I think that's a that's an amazing achievement um, that myself playing for the Western Bulldogs didn't get there at all. It wasn't until 2016 um, where the Dogs obviously broke that drought from 1954. So they're not easy to get into and to Correct. do it within the first 10 years. I mean, they were stacked with talent and draft picks and everything like that, we understand, but you still got to put it together. And they did a really good job. Um, so now the challenge for for Kingsley is to, to keep this group together and hopefully Aaron Cadman, they can sort of build their forward line around. Do you think because North Melbourne have come out and 
already put a bid on Ashcroft at number two. That uh, that just takes a bit of pressure away from GWS and they will just go straight for Cadman? Well, I think it makes it easier. It, it certainly makes the decision easier. Were they going to make Brisbane Lions pay full tote odds and, uh, and full points for Will Ashcroft? But then you can, you, you can get clubs offside. So um, I understand that North Melbourne have gone bang. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of just picking Aaron Cadman as the number one guy and saying, listen, we wanted you. They could even lie to him and say, we wouldn't have even picked Will Ashcroft. We wanted you <laughs> as our guy. And he's, then he's obviously not going to believe that because from what we hear about... Will Ashcroft as a player and you watch some of his highlights and the way he moves and his finishing and he's such a professional player. He's complete already. He, I think he kept a training journal from about 12 years of age about every session that he did and he's obviously got some pretty handy advice from the old boy about what to do and what not to do and he's a ready-made player. We, we saw Nick Dacos come in and take the competition by storm off half-back and in year one, some of the things that he was able to do were just stunning. So they're ready-made. The first rounders now, they've, they go through all the programs. They have the dietitians, weights programs and everything. And they're ready to go when they step into an AFL club. So uh, they're very lucky these days that they're, um, some of the junior pathways are so professional that it gets them um, ready to go to play some good AFL footy in year one. And... Um Will Ashcroft, uh, keeping a journal, you said, a very Kobe Bryant of him, isn't it? Yeah, I know he's got that mumba mentality, I think, Will Ashcroft. But, Nothing um, wrong with no, that. Yeah, no journals for me when I, was, when I was a kid. It would be it would make for horrible reading. It would be uh, thir- Thursday night, went to New York Bar and Grill and had 14 Bacardi breezes. Went, didn't go to school Friday, went to training at West Adelaide Friday night, had a, had a palmer and a, and a pot ready to go, and then half a litre of water in bed and playing in the, it is different in the seniors time. the next day. It's different times though, isn't it? Um, I want to bring attention to a tweet from, from Kautumi, it's just that the AFL clubs have been told tonight that the medical sub is out. Right. It will be replaced by a tactical sub. Okay, so you can you can uh, drop that bomb at any stage. Yes. So there's four on the bench, and there will, and the fifth uh, fifth sub will be used at any time for any reason. Right. Okay. So it's no, that sort that, of common sense, isn't it? Sort of like going back to the old uh, red vest, green vest days. Obviously, with uh, they had that as the fourth player with the three uh, interchange rotations. So I don't mind that as a tactical sub. It is quite embarrassing, having been on the receiving end of the uh, red vest and being handed out on one occasion. We played down in Tasmania, and did you, I went. Did in... you grab the hammy at the, that time just to fake yeah, a little, little I, tweak? <laughs> I tried. I was moving that slowly. People would have forgiven me for doing a hammy, but it was a freezing cold day down in Tassie. I hadn't touched the footy at quarter time. I was at zero disposals, and I knew it was a long way back from there, and I think I finished with six or seven disposals for the day. The runner came out about five minutes into the third quarter and said, listen, I need you to run your hardest for the next five minutes and then come for a spell, and at that stage, you know... I'm yeah. getting subbed here. So I moped around for the next five minutes. And then at, lo and behold, you run off to the bench and there it is, the red vest waiting for you. So uh, horrible memories. I want to ask you about uh, getting back to the draft. There's been a lot of talk about Mateus Philippi, South Aussie boy from uh, my local club, the Eagles. There's rumours 
going around that he's he might be picked up by the Bombers as early as pick five. Um, sorry, pick four. Four, yeah. There's talks about him going to Hawthorne, maybe St Kilda. What are your thoughts? Where do you think Matthias Filippo will go? Well, I think he'll end up in Melbourne. <laughs> that's, uh, I agree. That's for certain. Uh, some saying St Kilda, he might even slide to to um, to pick nine at the Saints. But um, Essendon have pick four, and they've been wheeling and dealing, and there's been offers thrown to Hounded, Essendon fr- from yeah, yeah, from from a, a number of clubs, particularly Melbourne, who are really keen. Oh, sorry, yeah, the, uh, Melbourne really keen to move up the draft, whether it is for Philippou, because. Um, they see him as a talent, and I think Essendon might pull the trigger on him at number four. I think um, that some say that it could be anywhere between four and ten, but yeah, he'll he'll be the first one picked from SA, and um, you probably watched him more than me, or yeah, so, know a, more about yeah. him than me. Tell seen us a, a bit, bit about he's, him. He's sort of come on in the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. He's really taken big leaps and bounds, especially the last probably twelve months. Is uh, he was he was a Quite a talented basketballer as well, and concentrated on basketball early early in his childhood. But then picked up the footy, and his his granddad was a great player, Peter, uh, for the Eagles, and and his dad Sam was a very talented Sample player. So I'm I'm sure he'll he'll succeed. He's got the right attitude. Some say he's got a little bit too much attitude, but that's okay. No, nothing wrong with that. Um... You've got to have a little bit of attitude and a bit of confidence about you. So has he, has he played a bit of senior footy? So he's played against he's the big boys? Or reserve, played a couple of reserves games late right. in this season. So, okay. And obviously part of the South Australian under-18s team, um, along yep. with Adam DeLoyer, who was the skipper, also from the Eagles. So they might, they'll, be, they'll be going through this journey together, which I think helps a couple of teammates um, going through this journey. We've just another tweet from Sam Landsberger. GWS will not bid... For Will Ashcroft. There you go. So that well, pretty much was... says that Aaron Can- Cadman will probably go number one, <laughs> which we're not far <laughs> away from. It's uh, I got the, got it up on the screen here in the studio, and nothing's really happening yet. But uh, everyone's just sort of hanging around, waiting for the the number one draft. They're probably doing a few pre-draft interviews, but uh, nothing is yet. So we'll keep an eye on that. If anything drops before we leave at seven o'clock, we'll let you know. Not a lot of action for the um, South Australian clubs tonight, will there be? No, with, um, not, uh, not tonight. The they don't have first a round? <laughs> they don't have a pick in the first round. So I'll go through the top ten clubs. For those who don't know, it uh, number one, GWS. Number two and three go to North Melbourne. Number four, Essendon. Five is Gold Coast. Six is the Mighty Hawthorne Footy Club. Seven, Geelong. Eight, West Coast. Nine, St Kilda. And ten, Carlton. There you go. So that was the uh, Adelaide obviously lose their pick five with the Isaac Rankin deal and then the huge uh, deal with uh, West Coast Eagles, Junior Rioli, Jason Norman Francis, all that, that which was uh, which involved uh, Port Adelaide dropping that pick eight, which West Coast picked up. So um, if you're a South Australian footy fan, if you go for Port or the Crows, no need to watch round one tonight. Tune in, <laughs> tune in, tune in tomorrow night. night for some action. I think people are still interested in the draft. I, th- I think it's, people just want to know about these kids, the new talent coming in, re- regardless of where they're going. And we can see that GWS have 4.42 left on the clock. So we'll be able to give you the number one pick live. As they... You wouldn't think they'd take four and a half minutes to deliberate who they're going to pick. They would have n- known already who the, well, their man's going to be. So let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it done. 
All right, we might uh, when we get the we might just take that live when their pick comes up. But uh, at the moment, they still got four minutes and seventeen seconds. And they're all just sitting there doing nothing in their <laughs> in the room. They're keeping us all in suspense. Is Jace McCartney in there? Yeah, he's sitting there. He's just sitting Come there, on, not Jace. saying anything. No one's talking to anyone. They're just hovering. Adrian Someone's Caruso. on the phone. He'll be in there doing nothing, some, just keeping us all in suspense. Some young kids about to tweet or share it on social want some media. Camera time. That's what Jace McCartney and Adrian Caruso. We might they not. Just want We've only got a couple of minutes left, Keen. So GWS are just making everyone wait here. Unless uh, they've been told to wait. Who knows? But uh, what we might do is just do a quick version of Keeping Up With The Coons. <laughs> talking about, uh, talking about the coons. <laughs> uh, That's hazy. It is. The great man. The great, what, uh, the great what's been going on? You've had, had some pig issues, I believe. <laughs> oh, we've always got pig issues. Every day there's a pig issue. No, we went away camping uh, on the weekend and the pigs and the chickens, uh, are they separated by some chicken wire and one of the pigs broke through the chicken wire when we were away and there was chaos there was ducks and right, chickens I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to ducks do bad things with chickens and here we go finally here we go in the greater western Victorian Rebels and the Daly Junior Football Netball Club we just missed it but it is how dare they interrupt my story to, <laughs> for the number one draft pick <laughs> timing's horrible <laughs> oh god <laughs> so, we we're just getting into the pig story, and then Aaron Cadman's interrupted it by being the number right, one draft pick. No, well done, young fella. Yeah, well done. And you got thirty seconds to tell us about the pig. <laughs> well, it was just. Well, you probably don't want to know what the ducks do. Bad things to chickens, and that's what happened when we were away. The ducks were chasing the chickens around, and then we've got quails in with ducks and chickens, and then the pig got in there with the guinea pigs, and the. <laughs> Then the dogs were chasing around the quails because they see them as a tasty little snack. And unfortunately, we went um, away with two quails. And when we came back, there was only one quail left. So there's a lot of death and destruction in this (laughs) this farm. (laughs) Maybe we'll hear a bit more next time. Hey, Coons, thanks for joining us on Sports ASA. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, to all the draftees, all the best of luck. And we'll see you again. Thanks, Coons. No worries, Bonds. Pleasure. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV.